You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal I saw from them was the Science Fair, which is a parallel classic drive and distortion. And now they've released a new parallel concept called the Class Reunion. The Class Reunion takes a 90s muff style circuit and combines it with their Trash Panda, which is like a soft clipping, high gain, amp in a box style circuit. And it is a super, super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options, parallel blending. It's really, really rad, a really cool idea, and I think you should check it out. So go over to summerschoolelectronics.com. That's summerschoolelectronics.com and check them out today. For crying out loud, I just want a sandwich. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I am your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, this is going to sound pretty good, guys. With me today, I have Jeff Bridges <laughs> of Ventura Valve Amplifiers, not the Big Lebowski. Not the dude. <laughs> Is it just been like like just most of your day is spent explaining to people that you're not in fact Jeff Bridges, but you are Jeff Bridges? It happens sometimes, but um, you know it's not usually most of my day. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be that. Uh, I mean, really, it's kind of funny because that's that can't be that uncommon of a name. There's probably like you could probably start a Facebook group of all Jeff Bridges or something. Yeah, that's and, a good idea. I should do that. Yeah, and then <laughs> have like a Jeff Bridges convention or something. It's funny. He lives just right up the road in Montecito, just right up, you know, 30 miles from uh, Ventura. So, Do you ever get his mail? <laughs> no, I, I never get his mail. <laughs> uh, I, could just, well, I don't remember receiving any royalty checks. What, this from the Coen brothers? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that'd uh, be sweet. But hey, my name's on it. You know, why not? <laughs> Nice man. Yeah, good. I'm glad we were finally able to to do this. Oh, me too. This has been it's a been long a while. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. I was, I'm glad I was finally able to get your amp ship back to you after all these fiascos, uh, which you know, hopefully those are over now. Hopefully there will be no more FedEx non-cooperating things. Yeah, so. shipping large, heavy, delicate electronics is always a challenge. Yeah, so no kidding. FedEx. Uh, can be your friend or not sometimes so it all depends it all depends, <laughs> all depends. <laughs> so nice man so why don't we start with uh kind of telling a little bit about who you are and what you do and maybe we start with what you do to familiarize people and then we can get into your backstory okay um well i've started this company ventura valve amplifiers we're a really small company uh, and I still have a day job. I'm a full-time electrical engineer at a medium-sized SoCal, you know, technology company. And what we do at my day job is we build very small, dense, densely populated electronics, really cutting-edge kind of stuff. And right. um, it's really a pleasure to to be able to work on you know, technology that's over a hundred years old right. and, and build, you know, build a guitar amplifier out of it. So kind of at both ends of the technology spectrum. Um, but I, you know, I went to school to get an engineering degree and I've done that on and off, uh, for most of my life, adult life. Nice. And, and I've picked up a lot and then, you know, I've been a musician since I was a kid. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I've started this company, Ventura Valve Amps, and um, trying to make a go of it. Yeah. How long have you been uh, building amplifiers before you uh, started the, the amp company properly? 
Yeah, probably for almost 10 years now. Okay. Um, and we officially launched uh, at the LA Amp show in 2014, October 2014. Oh, cool, cool, nice. So what was it that made you, I mean, obviously you're tinkering with electronics all day, so you understand it. Uh, or not tinkering, rather, you're actually engineering. Most guys tinker. So, so, <laughs> uh, we still tinker also. So. Oh, okay, good. Um, so, you you know, you had that base to work off of, but what made you start working on, you know, tube technology and amplifiers? Well, like I said, I went to school to get a degree in engineering, in electrical engineering, but I went to school in the 80s, but they even then they didn't teach you anything about vacuum tubes. Mm-hmm. And I've just I've just always loved them. Uh, and it's so different from what I do in my day job. Um, and, you know, I grew up on tube amps and um, I just always loved the way they sounded and they just look cool. And Oh, yeah. Um, it was it, like I said, it's so different from what I do in my day job. It was just intriguing. And uh, when we moved out here to California, I didn't have an amp. <clears throat> and um, I didn't really want to buy one, so I started tinkering around. Uh, well, first I started diving into some old British uh, vacuum tube book, um, amplifier books. Mm-hmm. Um, learned as much as I could um, and kind of decided what I wanted to do and started with something simple and put my first tube amp together. You know, it was all just hand-wired and on a turret board. And it sounded okay, but, you know, the first one wasn't that great. Right. Uh, but, but the first one hooked me. And like I said, that was almost 10 years ago. And just gone through lots and lots of different circuits, uh, improvements, and reading everything I can. Um, tearing things apart, putting them back together. Um, and finally I've come up with a circuit that I'm pretty happy with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, is it just officially called the VVA 50? Is that the name of it? Yeah, that's, and you can get them with either 6L6 or EL34 power tubes. So I'll call them VL or VVA 50 6L6s or VVA 50 EL34s. Gotcha. Kind of a long name, but. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, whatever works. That's fine. Right, right. Yeah, what what I liked about it is, uh, I don't know, you know, where your mindset is when when you're designing something, but that, uh, we can probably get into that. But what what I really liked them for was, I thought they were really versatile and the EQ section was like really um, interactive and you could get a lot of different. You know, you could dial in whatever, you know, whatever kind of guitar you were using, you could pretty much dial it in. And um, it sounded great, you know, at higher gain settings. It sounded great at lower gain settings. But I think where it really shined for me, and and, uh, I know one other guy I've talked to about him, Eddie, uh, who's kind of how we got introduced. Right, Um, right. He he likes them kind of the same way. He likes them to set up for like this real clean, glassy tone. And that's that's what I really liked using it for, too. I don't know if that was your intention or if you wanted them to be more rock and roll or, or what was it? Where did you go with that? How did you arrive where it ended up? Well, I, I wanted a really versatile amp that uh, I'm not a big pedal user, uh, which is weird these days, but um, I wanted something that I could get a lot of different tones with, with minimal effort, you know, just with my volume knob or changing pickups just as simple as possible, but to, you know, to enable you to, to get that dynamic range just with, with a little tweak of your volume knob or switching your pickups around. Right. Um, and it's kind of a happy accident the way it seems to work really well with, with pedals. So I'm fortunate on that end. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny. Yeah. It took, it really does a great job with pedals, which, and I am a, a heavy pedal user, so that obviously yeah, that's one that. of <laughs> yeah. You've you've heard such things. You've heard rumblings that I've, I've heard made. rumors. Yeah. Uh, so like the first thing, like it to me, like my. I mean, there there are times where I want a straight ahead, you know, crank damp, one cable type of situation. But I, by and large, like run a lot of dirt. So anything that I play has to be able to take that. And uh, that was just a really 
really good platform for it. And also it was good to like, um, you know, I'd cr- cranked it of course at higher gain set at the highest gain settings and it's, it held together great. And then when you would, you could actually push it into like some pretty heavy metal ish territory with the, you know, depending on what pedal you use, but like you take a, a clean boost with them that had a lot of DB on uh-huh. top. Right. You could really make that thing a monster, uh, which was pretty cool. I liked it a lot. Nice. <laughs> like it almost do make makes a boogie type, you know, triple rectifier type tones in if you used it that way, uh, which I was surprised. Yeah, it seems to take. You can push it pretty hard, and it still still retains the clarity of notes, which is really what I want. Another thing I was going for is. Um, you know, depending on what kind of effect you're using up front, but I, I want, I, I like the notes to come through the way I, I usually play because, you know, I designed this thing for the way I play and then hopefully other people will like it. <laughs> but, uh, so, so yeah. what is that? How do you play? Um, well, these days it's mostly, mostly like instrumental, instrumental jazz rock stuff, but, uh, you know, I, I really look up to Eric Johnson and Andy Timmons, those kind of guys. Gotcha. Um, you know, kind of the classic rock, but still a little jazz flavor thrown in. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So you do you currently play with a band? Uh, I do. It's been, it's, uh, been a while since I've played with a band, but uh, yeah, we've I've been jamming with some guys for the last few months. We're having a great time. We we're all you know working older guys, and we don't have much time. But when we are able to get together, it's it's a blast. Nice. Are you uh, just doing that? Just um, like just kind of like a weekend jam session type of thing? Are you guys playing out or recording anything? Um, we're just we're recording our rehearsals right now. So okay. you know. Try and try and get better and see what we actually sound like. And but yeah, our goal is to get out and play. Um, cool. The the other guys have all been playing out, but I haven't played out in, in clubs for a, a long time. Right. Nice. Nice. So and and are you like doing a lot of covers or originals or what are you looking at there? Well, we're doing we're doing some of both. It's um, probably a third originals and two thirds covers. Cool. Um, you know. So if we we've got an hour set that we can do of originals, and then we've got two more sets if if we uh, you know if we play someplace that wants covers. So Very we're cool. just kind of we're just kind of feeling it out right now. I got gotcha. you, got gotcha. you. It's, it's just a blast, though. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what does your rig look like for that band? Well, it's usually what it ever VVA head and cabinet I have available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's <laughs> always changing, but it, yeah, it's usually a 50 watt head. And I like the 112 cabinets that, that it, we make here at VVA. Um, just cause they're easier to, to lug around and to close back and it still sounds really beefy and, and they'll get as loud as you would need for most places. Oh yeah. Um, and then I've got a, a very small pedal board uh well i guess it's not that small but let's see i've got a first pedal is a the crybaby mini Mm -hmm. i almost never use it but that little thing is so cool i just had to have one (laughs) (laughs) nice Uh, and i've got enormous big uh size 12 feet and it doesn't quite feel right but anyway (laughs) (laughs) it sounds amazing you know for what as small it is it it doesn't take up much uh, board space so after that i go into a tuner um tc polytune Mm -hmm. and then after that i have a sir um it's a sir distortion but i can't remember the model what is that thing is it the riot? After, it's not the riot. It's the oh crap! <laughs> it's a Shiba Drive. Oh, oh yeah. Why yeah, couldn't okay. I remember that? Uh, I got you. So it's um, I go into that, and then I have a Deluxe Memory Man mm-hmm. after that. Mm, and, yes, very nice. And then finally a TC Electronics uh, Arena Verb. Perfect. Well, hey, that's a pretty, you know, that covers 99% yeah. of what you're going to need to do right there. That's perfect. Yeah. 
And I, I don't overuse them, but they're there, you know, for a little extra flavor. Oh, that reminds me of something I forgot. Uh, speaking of reverb, we talked a couple weeks ago about you starting to tinker around with some possible reverb, uh, you know, FV1 circuit type stuff. Are you still doing that? I'm, yeah, that's, I mean, it's more of an idea stage than actual hardware right now. But yeah, I'm, th I'm definitely considering putting that into the circuit. Um, because that way you could get the, the preamp gain and, and then add a little reverb or delay in circuit instead of putting it up front. So that's something on the, you know, for in the future. So Right. In, in, the, in the wheelhouse, so to speak. In the wheelhouse, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I know there was, there was something else I want to talk to you about, and this is kind of a... Uh, I don't know, a controversial sort of subject, or at least it gets people talking. Um, <laughs> okay. But since you're an actual engineer, uh, you can you can provide some insight that us just regular guitar players don't have. So I'll try. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of like hand wired versus PCB in the amp world uh, specifically. Um, I know like that you use PCBs and you do some wiring also. So like, what is your thoughts on that? Is it kind of a blown out thing or what are the pros and cons in your mind to each approach? Well, there's, there's definitely advantages to, to the hand wired and to the PCB. I mean, in my opinion, I think you can do a really well laid out PCB that, that sounds almost as good as a, as a hand wired amp. And there's just something about, I don't know if it's all the extra solder and the, and the, the lead links and the extra inductance and it, it just all comes together as a really beautiful sounding circuit. Or maybe that's what we're used to with older amps because that's how they originally built them. Oh, right. That's true. But one of the ways I, I'm able to keep my cost down is to, to use a, a printed circuit board. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of a hybrid, you know. All my pots and um, tube sockets are wired in by you right. know, there's, there's actual physical wires, but the audio circuit and the power supply are, are on PCBs. Okay. Interesting. So it's it's kind of like I don't know. I've heard you know like uh, like Soldano like has chimed in. Obviously, that that guy knows a couple things about making amps, and oh, yeah, you know. For sure. <laughs> He's, uh, you know, I read a thing that, that somebody at that company wrote. I don't know if it was Mike himself or, or whatever, but, you know, he's a big uh, PCB fan. Like, like he's kind of, like, of the mindset that it's actually superior. Uh, and I just, it's always just funny to hear well, different guys talk about different things, so. The, the thing that a PCB will give you is consistency because, you know, those components are going to go in exactly the same place. Um the the lead, the wire lengths are going to be the same, so once you get your circuit dialed in the way you want it, you, you're able to reproduce it again and again mm -hmm. with you know consistent quality. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. It's because nothing's going to change. Like you can't right. bump something. If you change it, that I mean it probably isn't going to work. So. <laughs> uh, Interesting. Well, each each hand wired amp is you know, going to be slightly different because the components aren't in exactly the same spot, and um, you know the the wire lengths will be slightly different. And not that any one of those things would make a difference, but together the, with the whole circuit, um, tiny changes will add up into right. to tone change. So. Right. Like, yeah, if you change a, a, a hundred things by 1%, then it's a hundred percent different, you know, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of being uh, overly simplified, but that's kind of how I understand it anyway. Yeah. Um, it just all, it, it all adds up. Right. Yeah. Right. So I've kind of been, I've learned some things, uh, mildly increased my electrical knowledge lately, just by na the nature of talking to people who can know what they're talking about. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's, it's just enough to be scary, not enough to actually know what I'm talking about, but I've learned the importance Well, I was mostly talking about pedals, 
but uh, I'm sure this applies even more so to, to amplifiers. Uh, I just recently learned like the importance of layout in an electrical circuit as far as what it sounds like, um, you know, because I just yes, thought, well, especially... you breadboard it and you draw the schematic and there you go. I didn't really realize the other huge component to that. Yeah, especially for audio and any kind of analog circuit, layout's critical. And even with, you know, like we do radio stuff at work and that's the layout is really critical as you go higher in frequency. But audio, uh, any kind of analog circuit layout is is critical, how you how the components and the traces are all put together on the board. Right. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's just like blew my mind. I was like, what? You can't just like put it like it's just you put it on the board and there it is. But no, I didn't. <laughs> are there some like principles? I mean, a pedals and amps are two different animals. But are there some like good solid things to to just never do or to always do when when you're when people are thinking about that kind of stuff? Well. <sighs> Most pedals are operated with uh, DC, you know, like a battery voltage, pretty mm -hmm. clean DC. But you know, more people are using the the switching power supplies these days. You want to keep all of the low level analog signals away from any noise source, if possible. Mm -hmm. And um, good grounding throughout is is critical. It's just key. You've got to have a it's not just the signal path, it's the return path that has to be very clean and as close as possible uh, so the electrons flow in a loop, basically. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So the return path, I'm sorry, this is, might be getting too nerdy for some people, but I'm really interested. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, I like this. This is good. Uh what you? So I, I understand like basic DC signal flow um, is pretty you know, basically like water. Uh, so yeah, when you you're talking about a, it, oh, go ahead. If, if you think of a, a battery connected to a resistor, mm -hmm. so the positive is on one side of the resistor and the negative is on, is on the other and you have current flow. Right. The positive side is considered the source and then the negative side is the return. And those, those paths should be equal in a, in a well laid out, analog circuit oh interesting and a resistor is about as basic as you can get but you know, yeah you start, of course you start adding you know eqs and amplifiers and and clipping circuits and uh it gets uh, busy really fast right so w what happens when they're not equal what do we what do we hear audibly when they're not equal well the biggest problem is usually noise coupling in from some unwanted source um so if you have some noisy component, it it can it'll find the easiest path to to get into your audio chain. Uh -huh. So by keeping those um, keeping the the signal path clean and short as possible is a good way to get you know isolate yourself from from ground. Not really isolate, but keep yourself uh, away from from noise. Okay. Cool. Well, since we're on the subject of noise, this this is a you're a great person to have on uh, for this stuff. But I can just I can just ask you all the weird nerdy questions, and you will know them. Uh, you know, I think we most guys that are really into gear, basically they 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 kind of know the basic principles for staying away from from noise and how to try to avoid it in their right. in their rigs. But um, some people may not be familiar. So, do you have a any suggestions for like, say somebody's like wiring their pedal board up from scratch or like point A to point B, what would be the way to have the quietest rig possible, you know, assuming that you have decent power supply or, and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, that's the first place you have to start is a, is a good, clean DC power supply. And, um, you know, I haven't built a whole lot of pedal boards, but you'd, you'd basically, you'd want to keep your signal links, use, use the best wire and connectors you can and keep those signal, uh, you know, the interconnect cables as short as possible. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the patches themselves, like the don't patches make, themselves. Yeah, okay. Make them as short as you can work with, basically. Is right. that that's a? I, I guess that makes a lot of sense. That is a just an extra, you know, extra length equals an extra, you know. Well, you're going to Ant get an antenna, drop. basically. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and it's a potential um, place for noise to couple in. 
Gotcha. The, ca the cables are good, really good these days. And I mean, if you buy a good cable, you, you shouldn't have a problem. But mm -hmm. you know, stuff gets you know your ground um, start um, degrading over time on your pedal board, and connectors start failing, and um, just you know keep a good good eye on those those cables and make sure everything's clean and doesn't vibrate too much during travel, and you should be good to go. Cool. Do you? Uh, what power supply are you using right now? Oh, I use a terrible power supply. Oh. <laughs> I've just got one of those little wall wart things. Oh, just <laughs> so like the one I spot am. or something? Yeah, it's a one spot. Uh, hey, they're not, I've, I've, rocked, I've used a one spot forever for lots of things. I actually well, I've, I found them to be quieter in some... some yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. Like some chains, like I've had them... I've, I've done, had one spots so like, actually, this is quieter. This is really a weird, but... Uh, I bought I a real nice voodoo uh, box, um, but mm -hmm. it's too it's too big to fit on my little pedal board, so I haven't I haven't figured out a way to build that in there yet. So, oh, I see. Maybe we'll get you on the uh, what? I mean, well, this is kind of a that's not what I meant, but uh, we'll get you on the pedal train. And I wasn't actually talking <laughs> about the pedal board. I meant literally a train made out of pedals. And then you'll have a big enough board you can mount one underneath. So maybe I can convert you. Yeah, no, maybe. Yeah. Probably not. You've been playing a long time. I doubt I can convert you at this point. But <laughs> I'm always open to, to new stuff. So nice. Was there a, like is there a reason that you you never got into pedals? I mean, or is it just for some well, reason you never needed one or many? I have. I mean, when I first started playing. I don't know if we want to get into this or not. Yeah, yes, but, yes, I do. Um, so when I first started playing way back, because I'm very old. Uh, very? This is, back, <laughs> this is back in the 70s. Um, I had, my first guitar was a, a probably a late 60s Strat. Mm -hmm. It was really nice, and I totally destroyed it. But anyway. Oh, um, my heart hurts. Yeah, I know. I didn't know what I had. Um, and of I, course. my first amp was this monstrosity of a, of a Fender. It's, it was a quad reverb. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know who thought it was a good idea to make a, a 412 combo, but Fender did it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was a beast. And, um, it, uh, it sounded great, and it was you could get a great clean tone out of it, but you had to get it really, really loud to to break up at all. Right. And I I started using well, I bought a I think it was an MXR Distortion Plus, mm -hmm. and I used that for a little dirt. It helped a lot, and and then I got a um, an MXR Dynacomp. Mm -hmm. For and I used it more as a boost than than as a compressor. Right. So that was the two pedals that in my early bands. Um, that's all I used. Um, and then I, after I got out of engineering school, I we moved to to Dallas, and I really wasn't thinking I was going to play music anymore, but. Um, there's this great part of town just, just just outside of downtown Dallas called Deep Ellum. And for several blocks, there's this concentration of like art galleries and tattoo bars, restaurants, and all these live music venues. Cool. And the live music places all cater to original bands. And it was it was like heaven, you know. I had never been in an area like that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Austin kind of overshadows Dallas as being the music town, but there, there's a really, really cool scene in, in Dallas. Um, but anyway, yeah, like the first night I was down there, I, I, I was at this place called Club Dada. I think it's still there. And um, Reverend Horton Heat was playing. I don't know if you ever heard those guys, but they're like... Oh, yeah, great. Just, they were, we were, I mean, we could stand three feet away from them in this little place that holds about 50 people. Mm -hmm. And they were just killing it. You know, and I would, I saw that and I was hooked. So I had to get, you know, I, I started playing and I got found some, was lucky enough to find some really good musicians. And we started playing in those clubs down there. And, uh, 
the way it is, it's you usually just play one set and they'll have like three bands per night. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to carry a whole lot of pedals. And most guys didn't back. This is in late eighties, early nineties. Right. Uh, I mean, you were lucky just to have enough time to get your amp on stage and, <laughs> and tune your guitar. And then it was time to go on. And then, you know, you played your set and you had to drag it all off. Mm -hmm. So the le less was better. Um, but I was playing this, um, I had switched to a Fender twin. Okay. And I hated the tone of that thing. Was so that I got loud to, enough for you though? I don't know. Those are known uh, for being really quiet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry was, to derail you there. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's easy to do actually. Uh, squirrel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had this, um, this rack mount unit cause I thought that'd be easier to drag up there. And mm -hmm. it was like an art, ART, some kind of preamp. Anyway, I hated that thing too. Um, so, and, and we, um, this, this one band I was in in Texas, we, we were lucky enough to, to record a record. And, um, you know, when you're in the studio, you can hear everything. Oh yeah. And we were trying to record this one song, uh, that was heavier, you know, and I was just, I was just hating my tone. I wanted to smash my guitar into my amp. I just hated <laughs> it so much. And I asked the engineer, you know, what, what do you think I need? What's wrong? He goes, you need a Marshall. Right. <laughs> like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. Do you have one? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, anyway, so we muddled through it. So after the studio, I started amp shopping, and I didn't get a Marshall, but I, I got a, a Mesa Boogie Mark IV, a little 112 combo that's on steroids, you know, mm -hmm. incredible little amp. Um, and it sounded great with um it sounded great for solos but it still didn't have that beef and crunch that i wanted on rhythm so i ended up getting uh a 412 marshall mm -hmm. uh half stack and a, a jcm 800 yeah head. and then i had an ab switch so i could solo either amp or um or use them both together. Right. And they were both channel switching. And um, so anyway, I just kind of got used to playing like that. Gotcha. Um, without using a lot of effects, just the, you know, the reverb that was built in the heads and uh, the channel switching. And then, but then I'm dragging around two amps. So what's, that's really stupid too. <laughs> Who wants to do that? <sighs> Somebody with a roadie, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess not me, uh, <laughs> but it was uh, fun. And I was able to get close to what I wanted, you know, the sounds I wanted. Out of, right. But that's a lot of, that's a lot of gear to lug around. Yeah, the pedal board is even easier than that. Yeah, but I know. Looking were... back, it was <laughs> but I mean, not the brightest plan. It just well, sort of evolved into that. Right. Well, I mean, but I don't know. Back then, you know, pedals, I mean, there's some cool vintage stuff, but like there there was, n it's nothing like what it is now. Like, Yeah, it's just incredible to all these different, you can get almost anything you never even thought of these days. It's, it's uh, oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah stuff that you didn't know you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that existed. I want that. Uh, I think that you know, and that's it's uh, it's kind of a, a a really it's I don't know. I'm stumbling here, but I've said it before. I think this is like the golden age of gear uh, for yeah, everything. I think you're absolutely I, right. I mean, we covet this vintage stuff, uh, which is awesome, but. I mean, let's be honest, like you couldn't do the things that you can do now back Not then. Not even close. Not even so, close. Um, Between the pedals and then all these these guitar builders that are, you know, all these little boutique guitar builders that are just making this awesome stuff. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and, and then all the amp builders, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's the golden age of gear. Mm-hmm. If you can afford it, it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, and that's the you know that's kind of the the funny thing about what we're talking about all this innovation and stuff. But like, it's still almost impossible to get away from uh, the some of the analog 
stuff like you're talking like tubes and you know we're still talking about all the dirt boxes like i've talked to a lot of pedal guys about digital emulation and they're like it's still easier and better to do it in analog so why you know why would i bother trying to do it you know in the box, so to speak, uh, when it's just easier to build a, a good sounding overdrive. Um, right. <laughs> uh, it's just funny where I was going with that is like, yeah, all this innovation and, and everything, but yet we're still rooted in this, uh, you know, hundred plus year old technology. <laughs> like that's the basis of it. It's kind of funny. Well, that's uh, where all the, the music that we like was born. You know, it grew out of this old technology and, and that's what we're used to hearing. And it sounds great. I mean, it works, right? Oh yeah. I, I just have this fear that like, cause like, obviously I don't know if you've seen, you may have, they recently, and this was geared more towards like uh hi-fi guys, but there was a company and I can't remember what they called themselves, but they recently reopened an old RCA tube factory here in the States. Really? No, uh, I haven't heard about that. Uh, but the tubes are like, nobody can afford those except for hi-fi guys. Maybe. I mean, uh, they were crazy expensive. I can't remember what they really? were. Yeah. Huh. And they were just like, I think they only had one. I think they maybe were, they might, uh, they might've been six L sixes. I can't remember. They only had like one kind of tube that they were making at the, when they first launched. Um, but I don't remember how much they were, but hundreds of dollars per tube. <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, that sounds more like for the hi-fi market than yeah, us. <laughs> yeah, well, I got really excited when I first heard about it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great, and then they launched, and I was like, I can't, I'm not going to spend more than my amp cost to retube it. Like, yeah, that just doesn't make any sense on any level at all. No, but what I, where I was going with that is I'm, it kind of made me concerned because I'm sure that they could sell them cheaper than that. That's just marketed to hi-fi guys, um, but it still seems like, exceedingly difficult to have a tube you know factory here in the states and eventually you know i i just could see like the tube going away we're us in the hi-fi world are basically the only things keeping it alive at this point yeah but we're a pretty big market and that's true um i mean they make a decent profit there's you know there's the russian companies and uh slovak republic and mm -hmm. Um, they want to stay in business and I don't see it going away anytime soon. Yeah. I, I, I hope not. I just, am, I hope it doesn't happen in my lifetime. I just, could, I could see like if everybody got, you know, I guess had to like follow us regulations, those, I can't imagine those companies being able to produce them at what they, what they can now, I guess is where I'm going with that. Um, right. I don't know. It's a, I don't know where I'm going with that question or that thought, <laughs> uh, but I rarely Was that a do. question? I totally got lost. Then. I don't know if it was a question or a statement or a, or a ramble, but it was a thing that came out of my mouth. So I guess it's recorded now. Cool. Um, <laughs> I don't I still, I didn't complete the thought. I don't even really know where that was headed, but um, basically I love tubes and I don't want them to go away and. I guess yeah, that's a good as good of a segue as, as anything is what what tubes do you like to use in your amps? Um, I use either JJ Electronics or I've been using um, the Tung Souls lately. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty happy with those. Yeah, I see the JJs a lot. They they seem to be uh, you know consistently good, especially for the cost. Um, yeah, for the price point, they are really good. Um, and and they seem to be fairly durable. I mean, sometimes you get one that's really microphonic and just noisy, but overall they're they're good for, especially for the cost. Mhm. Mm so. What do you think about uh like I haven't done much experimentation with this just because like my newer amps have newer tubes and my older amps have old tubes uh pretty much, but as far as like swapping in new old stock stuff. Do you notice as big of a difference as, as others? I, I haven't got to experiment with that. So, you know, honestly, I haven't, I haven't done that either. Uh, I just kind of built my product from the ground up and I've started with the newer tubes and the new old stock is going to eventually go away. I didn't want to find something I really liked and become dependent on that. Oh, so right. <laughs> I, I just didn't even go down that road. I mean, I'm, I've got buddies that use them and swear by them. So 
and, they, and I've heard amps with them in it, and they do sound great. So, um, but to me, it didn't make business sense to design in something that's going to eventually go away or become more expensive and harder oh, yeah. to get. So. Like prohibitively so. Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah, because it seems like I've seen, or I don't know the details, but I've heard of people designing amps that and they're like, oh, you have to use a new new old stock tube in this. Otherwise, the new ones like can't handle it. They'll blow out. Or I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard internet rumblings about things like that before. <laughs> Is that well, Some of the older tubes could handle a higher voltage. So, I mean, if... If your plate voltage is designed at a certain level that'll fry some of the newer tubes, then that could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they weren't just blowing smoke. That that is well, a real it could thing. Be. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that is a real thing. Um, it just depends on on your design and which which tubes you're using. Most most like the six L sixes and the twelve AX sevens are all very similar. So. Unless, but they did make special models that could handle higher voltages. And, back back uh, then, or do they have yeah. anything yeah, like I mean, that now? There's, there's still ones available. Uh, you just have to shop around. Gotcha. Is it is it like like does JJ make things like that, or where I've never I've never really looked for that, so I guess they, I don't know. They make they make pretty uh, like in the bell curve, right in the center of of the voltage range. It's it's pretty typical of what gotcha. you would find. Gotcha. Very interesting. <clears throat> so here's a here's a question, and I, I mean, you're not a pedal guy, so this may you may not have <laughs> tried anything like this. What do you think? Okay. But you are an amp guy. Uh, tube based pedals. Um, I know some of them literally just have a tube in them for looks. Some of them claim functionality. Uh, have you ever played one, or do you think they operate at, I mean, you know, a lot of them are just 9 volts, so how does that, you yeah, know, but you can work? Yeah, you can step up the 9-volt voltage to, to get it to a higher voltage for the plate, oh. so. Oh, that's true. There's, there's, there's definitely ways to do that. Um, yeah, a, a friend of mine brought one over when we had our open house, and it sounded, I can't remember the name of the pedal, but it sounded really cool, mm -hmm. uh, and it had a 12AX7 in it. Um yeah, I haven't had a chance to play with them very much, but yeah, they're they're very nice. When I had a like a studio gear obsession for a while, and um, I purchased like some tube mic preamps mm -hmm. and uh, tube compressors, and they just sounded wonderful compared to the you know the IC based stuff. Gotcha. So so it makes sense that 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 would work. I mean, I honestly don't know enough about it to have a good opinion, but, <laughs> but the ones I've heard sound, sound amazing. And it makes okay. sense. I mean, cause, cause that's what the preamp is in, in a guitar amplifier. It's just a series of, uh, 12 AX seven circuits in mine. I mean, that's pretty typical, but yeah. Um, so there's no reason you couldn't do that on a pedal. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I I knew that there was ways to step it up. I just didn't know. I mean, I know tubes require a lot more voltage to make them, you know, usable. So I I just didn't know how far you could take things once it was based on nine volts. But that's that's promising. So cool. Yeah, and there's people out there doing it, so there's probably a market for it. I mean, yeah, I'm not. Try I guess I try to, you know, I try to butler like a tube driver, and that, that sounded really good. I mean, you, we're talking about Eric Johnson. That's one of his. Uh, one of his things. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, now I'm trying to remember. I think the one I tried had a built-in power cord, though, if I'm remembering correctly. So, I don't know. Um, well, that would yeah. make more sense to, to start with 120 AC and then make your own DC. Instead of trying to step up at 9 volts, that would be, <laughs> that would be a lot smarter, I would think. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's how they were, you know, designed to run was on 9 volt, so that makes sense. It does. Um, there was a there was something while you were talking that it it spurred a question and then it promptly flew out the of my brain cuz it that happens. <laughs> this happens to me a lot as you are aware. That happens to me too. <laughs> uh so we'll just do this. Are you planning on uh doing any other models 
soon or what, what's the future looking like for you at this point? Well, right now I'm trying to concentrate on getting this product um, more well-known and out to the market, you know, just build VVA as a, a product name. I got the uh, premier guitar article, so that was really great. Oh yeah, that was great. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I've just finally gotten to where I'm happy with this amplifier and um, I've got lots of ideas, things I want to do. I just don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a prototype of a 15 watt, which that's basically got the same preamp as my 50 watt, mm -hmm. um, with a 15 watt power amp and it's switchable to seven and a half. So you can cut oh, it in cool. half. Um, it doesn't quite sound the way I want it to yet, but it's getting close. Very so cool. that's, that's eventually going to be a product. Nice. Uh, and then like we talk about, talked about earlier, I want to add possibly some onboard effects. Mm -hmm. See if I can see, get that going. Right. That'll be interesting. Cause I don't think there's, I know there's some, but there's not very many like full tube amps. I mean, there's lots of tube amps that have a spring tank in it or something, but there's not very many that have, um, like what we were talking about, a delay or, or something built into it, yeah, like what, the, what you were the, talking about. The time-based effects, you know, after the, after the preamp section, I think would be a, a usable idea. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it just takes time to, to do some R&D and get it to work. And one other thing I'd like to do, I've got a boost switch on my amps. So mm -hmm. my amps are basically, they're, they're single channel. It's a fairly simple circuit, but it's, it, it is really versatile. You've got um, four gain stages, and you've got two two pots on the front panel. Each one and each pot controls a pair of gain stages, so that gives you some coloring you can you know experiment with. But then there's also a a boost um, that that you can switch in on one of the preamps. It gives you roughly three or four dB of boost, so it's good for solos. Mm -hmm. um, and that comes out to a foot switch, but. I thought it'd be nice to have a little wireless foot switch. I know guys have done that, but you know, just something else to add. You know, one one less wire to deal with on stage. Oh, that Look would at, be cool. Yeah, just run on uh, nine volts to have a little wireless foot switch for the boost. So that's that's one idea I've got. That would be burner. really cool. Really cool, actually. Because like, yeah, because you just stick it on there, plug it into your, you know, whatever power supply you have on there, and yeah, there you go. That'd be cool. How did how would that work? I don't have a clue how that works. You, now you're talking about beaming magic tone circuits through the air to switch things. I don't. How no, does it's, that work? I mean, it's on on the amp. It's just you're you're controlling a relay. Uh huh. So that's that's very easy to do. But kind of think of it like your your keyless entry for your car. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's basically a little radio. You press a button and it opens your lock. So it'd be it would be something similar to that. I got you. So well, that's magic have, too. So you'd have a little transmitter. <laughs> you'd have a little transmitter on the on the foot switch, mm -hmm. and then a little receiver inside the amp. And that would be cool. All, yeah, I like that a lot because I was playing with that. You know, that foot switch actually quite a bit. Um, you know, because I would turn the boost off and you know color it a little bit. Like just with the two. You know, once you got the EQ section dialed in you know, for whatever guitar you're playing, the, uh -huh. there was a lot of fun variations just depending on how you set those two gain controls, which was oh, a, yeah. really fun. Yeah. You can play with those things all day. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it is. There's, it was, and you know, if like, okay, I got preamp or not preamp, but gain two cranked and gain one, you know, down, you got one type of sound and then, uh, and vice versa. It was like, you know, still like you could get like this crunchy overdrive thing, but it just sounded different depending on which one was up and which one was down. It was just uh, really interesting. I like yeah, I like that a lot. It's fun the way they interact with each other. It's you can just sit there and play with them as long as you, until you get bored. <laughs> right? No, no, never get bored. No, and not then, with this kind know, of stuff. And then the other variable is is your volume knob on your guitar, like we talked about. So mm -hmm. um, it, it cleans up really nicely. Just by rolling the volume down if if you want that it does it does um speaking of guitar we didn't talk about i don't think we talked about what kind of guitar you were playing 
Um, did we? Did we get that? I thought we stopped at the amp on the board. I think we did. We kind of got sidetracked, but uh, I started with strats. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've played, you know, several types of guitars, but it's usually been Fender and Gibson, Les mm-hmm. Pauls and strats. And a few years ago, I got a, I got a Sir Pro Series Model S. Mm. It's kind of a Strat copy with a humbucker in the in the bridge, and that's been my main guitar. It just when I first picked it up, it just felt so natural. The neck is just what I've always looked for. You know, it's just it feels right in in your hands. Right, um, right, for sure. Well, Sir makes some just great stuff, and what it's really interesting about that company is like how they've always had super high quality standards but yet uh-huh. they, they keep growing and their volume is up and up and up and but yet always producing great stuff no matter if it's yeah, the pedals make, or amps or whatever yeah they make darn good amps too <laughs> and the pedals are fun so but the you guitars, have any other amps uh no I've, I've heard i've heard them though several times gotcha and i'm a big pete thorne fan so oh he's uh he's endorsed by them he's got his own model Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I, PT, I, PT100. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy amp. Hey, Sounds speaking great. of demos, there's a demo guy for you if you're a big Pete Thorne fan. <laughs> He's awesome. I'm, I met him at the uh, amp show. He's, he came in and tried out the VVA50. and Super nice guy. Great, yeah. great player. Oh, yeah. He's just, he just kills it. His demos are great. I love watching his demos. Like, oh, yeah. He's, he's a monster player and... He really is. He's he's got to be good for business because everything he touches sounds awesome. I'm like, <laughs> I know it's not going to sound like that when I put my hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but you're making me want it, so <laughs> yeah. He he's uh he's good. That's cool. Super so are guy. there uh, are there? I don't know. If, I don't know that I've seen any demos of the VVA out there. You got any demos out there? I've got a couple things on YouTube and Instagram, but nothing, uh, nothing like official. I haven't done any official videos. Gotcha. Well, after the shipping fiasco with this last guy you sent an imp to, you're probably not going to want to send anything <laughs> off. Take take you a year and a half to get it back. Oh no, it's no problem at all. <laughs> uh, thank you again for letting me try that. I really oh, well, I really thanks for did, checking it out. Appreciate I, it. I did get a kick out of it. I took it to several practice sessions and. It was my my pedal testing amp for quite a you know while I had it I was you know I would a b it but I always run everything through everything I have that's well everything that's working at the time so <laughs> <laughs> well it's uh, good it's good to gather data right of course well it's you know I it's all in the name of experimentation why yeah, are you out there for, it's playing for science it? yeah <laughs> leave me alone I'm being a scientist. <laughs> well, like, that's what I'm gonna start telling my wife when I go out to the the studio. What are you What are you gonna do? I, I'm doing experiments. I'm doing science. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. You've been married a lot longer than I have. You think I probably shouldn't try that? Is there any any way around that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't count on it working. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the advice, Jeff. What do I, what, what's a guy supposed to do? You know. Uh. She's she's she she tolerates me now that I have my own space to go make racket. I feel really bad. Like I used to play all this stuff in the house, and uh, yeah, she'd be like, "Turn that down." I'm like, "I can't turn yeah. it down. I'll lose the tone." But it's so cool that you got your own little uh, own little music room building to go yeah. out and jam in. Oh, it's amazing. But it kind of speaks to my. Uh, my addiction, I guess. Oh Be- yeah, there's that. <laughs> because like I was like, oh well, because I already had a room in the house for all my stuff, you know. And then it was like, I don't have any more room in my room. We'll get rid of some stuff. No, I got to get more stuff, so I must have to build a room. To- <laughs> <laughs> I got to build a bigger room for my stuff. <laughs> this is the- <laughs> this is the logical thing to do, right? Like but this it is what makes a normal total person. Sense. Of course, yeah. yeah. Go out there and build a monstrosity of a it's it's not that big but it looks kind of big because it's really tall and uh, uh-huh. uh <laughs> and it, how high is the ceiling um it is 14 6 to the peak inside oh, wow. there yeah it's pretty it's that pretty tall. tall 
I was hoping it hasn't happened yet, but I, I built it with the idea that I'd like to try to record drums out there sometime. Uh, oh, yeah. Because one of my friends has a has a great little studio that we can kind of record guitars and bass and vocals in, no problem. But uh, anything other than that, like the drums, the, the room is just too small to, to record drums in pretty much. So I thought, well, when we build that, you know, if we need to record a drum track, you know, we're only a couple miles away. We could zip over there and record the drum track at my place. So yeah, that, that was the theory. It hasn't happened yet, but... It's there. <laughs> is it kind of a live sounding room or is it dead or how did you, it's, how is it it's, acoustically? It's surprisingly like, it's surprisingly neutral. Uh, oh. um, it's not dead at all, uh, but it doesn't, it's not got like this overpowering reverb, which is, I'm sure it could be better or I know it would be better if I like did treatment and stuff in there, but mm. um I don't know. For what it's being used for, I I don't think it's necessary, and I really like how it looks in there, so I don't want to add a bunch of stuff to the walls if I don't have to. Um, right. That said, I haven't recorded anything other than quick little tracks, you know, guitar tracks here and there, so I, I don't know. It might be worse than I'm thinking. So uh, It's actually funny that you, you mentioned that, because a friend of mine, I just basically laid it out in the way that, that my yard was like, like, well, I can fit this big of a building in this spot, you know, <laughs> and makes sense, right? <laughs> right. And so I, uh, I made it as big as I could in the space that I had and in the shape that it had to be. So it's kind of, uh, long and skinny. Um, and uh, okay. a friend of mine really likes doing, he like is obsessed with like studio stuff and he built a really, really nice studio. And, uh, He's like, what's your measurements? And so I gave him all my measurements and he ran all the room ratios for me. And he's like, these, he's like, who gave you the dimensions for, for this place? I'm like, uh, my yard. <laughs> and, and he's like, well, the ratio is actually really, really good. I'm like, oh, okay then. Well, that's fortunate. So happy accident. <laughs> yeah. He was like, normally you have it's like, this is like what somebody would kind of design to, um, you know? So I was like, well, that's fortunate somebody could have charged you thousands of dollars to do what you uh built just, <laughs> just by, by the shape of your yard <laughs> well now i know well it is kind of interesting though because like i guess now if i remove or anything i know to like if i just keep the the dimensions you know this if, you know I, I can make a bigger building or a smaller one but as long as the dimensions are the same or yeah. not the dimensions but the ratio is the same it should be pretty close so uh, I've thought about that before. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any, you know, this is a Guitar Gear podcast. A lot of people probably don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, oh, well, we got sidetracked, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> what's new? Of course we did. <laughs> For those that don't know, uh, and I don't know this mu that much about it either, to be honest. But like, if you have, I have weird room ratios. Like, if you have a perfect cube, your room's not going to sound that great to record in. That's basically the gist of it. So I hope I explained that right. You, you yeah, probably that's... have more studio experience than me with that, uh, with that uh, uh, studio gear obsession you went through, I imagine. Yeah, but, you know, like I was like you. I was just forced by whatever physical dimensions that I had, and I just – it's not like I had a choice. I was just built, you know, used the walls around me and soundproofed them as best I could. Mm-hmm. Did you have to do like the whole like double frame, you know, all that stuff, or did you just kind of throw an extra layer of drywall and how? Or how no, did you... I, I went crazy. I double framed it, but the first layer was reinforced and I filled it with sand. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, you really did it. And then after that, I I put an, another uh, drywall layer that was insulated, so mm -hmm. it was pretty pretty darn soundproof. That's pretty good. Yeah, mine, mine. I, I, I did as much as I could afford to, uh, but I didn't go that far. So, it's yeah, that's just way too extreme. <laughs> it's, <stupid. laughs> it's pretty awesome, though. <laughs> is that just is that your house, or where'd you do that at? That was at a house in Texas. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. I actually, this is kind of an aside, but when I was researching um, sound isolation to try, uh, you know, make this place as good as I could. Uh, I've, I got so jealous of this forum post. A guy 
was house hunting. He's a guitar player, you know, and he so he's like, oh, I'm gonna build a music room somewhere. And he was house hunting, and he found a house that had a bomb shelter built into oh. the base that like under his garage or something. Like it was like <laughs> literally like you go down a hatch like. <laughs> <laughs> And so he had like these, you know, however thick concrete walls is completely soundproof, uh, just already there. And he's like, I, we need this house. We have to buy this house right now. <laughs> I was so if, jealous. If you got a hatch, it makes it kind of difficult to get equipment up and down though. But oh well. I, I don't, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just envisioning that. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm making up things, but I'm pretty sure he said that it was like a, a weird access point of some sort that w- it was like a legit bomb shelter. So, wow. <laughs> like most people would see that and go, Oh, well, whatever, you know, but like you have only musicians would be all excited about music going, room. Yes. This is great. <laughs> I can get as loud as I want. Uh huh. I will say that is quite nice being able oh, to, yeah. to crank up. Like I, I can get, I can get pretty loud and, and my neighbors have, have told me that like, it's worse you know, when I just have like company in the backyard or something, like as far as the volume oh, no level goes. Yeah. So it did okay. You can definitely hear it, you know, outside, but it's, it's, it's fairly quiet. And that's when the amps are, are really cooking. So I'm happy. But, nice, uh, man. Fun, fun project. <laughs> How yep. long did it take you to build that thing? Um, a lot longer than it should. Cause I don't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, well, my friends are laughing and actually probably like also like having horrible memories of trying to help me, uh, cause I'm not a, uh, <laughs> I am not at all a, uh, construction guy by any stretch of the imagination. So I, and I kept trying to do things where I'd be like, I'd like try to like cheat the system, be like, well, like if I build it this way, then I'll save money on the madness, you know? <laughs> and it's <laughs> it was a joke. Uh it's completely solid and like it all worked out, but it was so much more work to do it the way that I did it. Uh it was so dumb. Uh I I know well, the... why that there's a system of doing things now. <laughs> <laughs> So Learn by I, doing, man. That's true. So I guess to answer your question, it took me about, I think about six or eight months or something to do. And then that it got, it would have took me a lot longer, but um, I found out that I was going to be a dad and it was like, oh, I have to get this done like yesterday or it's not going to ever get done. So I brought a guy in to help me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the final uh, product looks really good. I've seen pictures of it. It looks very cool. Oh, thank you. Well, that was because I brought a guy in who knew what he was doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that tends, you know, when people know what they're doing, they tend to do better stuff than what I do. So, yeah, good times. Right well, on. that was uh, the Tone Mob, uh, you know, amateur recording studio <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Well, yeah, it's always it's great to be here. Blake, right. appreciate it. So let's do what I do and let you plug where everyone can find you, you know, all your social media, your website. Where do people go to check out your stuff? Okay, well, the website is pretty easy. It's just vvamps.com, vvamps.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook not as much, but it's under Adventure of Valve Amps. And then on Instagram, more than Facebook under Ventura Valve Amps. But there's underscores between uh, or after Valve and after Amps. Okay. After Valve and after Ventura. So Ventura underscore Valve underscore Amps. There you go. Perfect. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. It was a blast, man. Yeah, I I, uh, hope I didn't pull you too far off topic and... um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i will put all that in the show notes so yeah thank you very much all right man okay take care all right i'll wrap this thing up so for jeff i'm blake good luck and good tones all righty folks that is your episode for this week again thank you very much for tuning in and to all you that have 
told your fellow guitar playing friends, family, coworkers, and other associates, I really appreciate that too. And if you could continue to do that, continue to spread the word, that's what it's all about. So thank you very much. And if you're feeling extra spry, like you're getting a little stir-crazy and you just want more Tone Mob-age, that's a thing, right, head on over to ToneMob.com and join the mailing list. I mean, why not? What's the worst that could happen? You're already, you already listened this far. It doesn't, get any, it doesn't get any worse than listening to me talk for this long. So head on over there and be privy to all the good stuff that the rest of the world doesn't get to know. All right. Take care. Have a good week. I'll talk to you next time. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com slash StringJoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.